This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Voices of Vapors, where we talk all things tobacco harm reduction, including electronic cigarettes, which have gotten a lot of press uh, this year. Um, these products have been subject since their you know, introduction to the market to numerous local, state, and federal regulations, taxation, and even prohibition. It's unfortunate because there's approximately 3 million American adults that have used e-cigarettes to successfully quit smoking combustible cigarettes. And today I have a legislator on the the front lines of like fighting for us, and it's fantastic. I've got State Representative Drew Drew McEwen. He's a Republican representing the 35th House District in Washington State. He was first elected in 2012, and he's been a leader in Evergreen State on tax and education funding reform. Currently, he is the assistant floor leader. He's also a ranking member on the House Commerce and Gaming Committee. He's assistant ranking member on the House Appropriations Committee. And he also serves on the Joint um, Committee on Veterans and Military Affairs and Joint Task Force on Economic Resilience of Maritime and Manufacturing. Prior to his legislative run and currently what he does, yeah, he, pre- he previously served um, six years in the Navy. And after that, when he finished his service, he moved into the financial sector. Uh, sector and he's the founder and president of the investment firm Falcon Financial Incorporated um, based out of Union, Washington. And this year he's done really well just fighting really bad legislation that's come about in Washington. Um, and he's voted against every time um, House Bill 1873, which is the um, – vaping tax bill that's been amended amended a couple times um and then he's also voted against the house bill 1074 which was the tobacco 21 um thank you representative for coming on today um how are you i'm great thank you thanks for having me yeah absolutely i always we don't find many legislators on the the my side of the issue or heartland side of the issue so um i always ask this question um how did you find, like, how did you find yourself kind of, a, you know, in, 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 you know, a de facto almost advocate for vaping? Yeah, well, this is, I, I got put on uh, Commerce and Gaming this year as the ranking uh, member on, on that committee, and obviously that's the one where a lot of this is dealt with. And, uh, you know, so we had, we have this issue going on, plus the uh, Tobacco 21 factor going on, and, you know, the, the two are somewhat tied together, and then again, they're not, and, uh, I just I take the view that uh, you know for if you're the age of 18 um, that you know you should be able to, uh, to be able to use these legal products. Um, the rest of the legislature saw that differently though, and so that happened. And then um, you know there was a number of bills that were dealing with the uh, the vaping uh, side of things, and it just became apparently obvious that the majority of people that utilize it are attempting to uh, wean themselves off of uh, tobacco smoking. And, you know, are there others that use it? Sure. But, but from what I was hearing, it was the, the vast majority were to, uh, you know, to, to gradually get themselves off of, uh, of traditional smoking. And so it seemed logical to me that we shouldn't be inhibiting that. We should be encouraging that. And uh, there, so I, that's how I found myself on that side of the, uh, uh, of the storyline and uh, just kind of became an advocate for uh, uh, doing what we can to keep things uh, reasonable. 
Absolutely. So, okay, you kind of went into it a little bit, but could you kind of explain to our listeners everything that happened in Washington State this year? I know there was the T21, there's the vaping tax, and I think there was a bill that actually was like the flavor ban, but it also had some like green energy that you had to like recycle all these parts or um, it's kind of the same. Right, right. Okay, yeah, all right. Yep. Yeah, so the, the easy the easy bill to explain is that it raises the, uh, the tobacco age to 21. Uh, that was done. Um, again, that's the easy one to explain. And then there was a bill that was um, also introduced that was, uh, by Representative uh, Paulette that uh, banned all the different flavors that are utilized in uh, vaping and then set up this onerous uh, recycle program that just was not a practical application. And in that hearing, uh, there was a there was a lot of people that spoke out against it, and the uh, the bill never moved out of committee. So that was good, and I thought that was the end of the story. But uh, then uh, we end up with the uh, the vape tax being introduced. So what the the, the tax on the, on vapor products did was it, it created a ten cent per milliliter tax on nicotine solution for accessible containers, things that are refillable, mm-hmm. and then a thirty cent per milliliter tax on nicotine solution for all other products that are not refillable. And again, that's an astronomical increase on in the tax and will drive people probably back to traditional smoking, which we're actually trying to get them off of that. And this is a product that gets them there, but now we're going to make it cost prohibitive to, uh, to do that. Yeah, no, exactly. No, and that's the, the House bill at 1873. Now, I mean, that that Correct. that bill's been, you know, there's been a lot of uh, contention over it the whole uh, session, it seems. I know that it started out as a, really bad 95% wholesale tax, then got morphed into a 65% wholesale tax. And then it was recently amended on this part with the, um, you know, differentiate uh, the vol- per volume uh, tax. Um, how did that happen? Um, and why was it, I mean, why, why has this been something that you guys have been, uh, I guess, you know, like picking apart and going back in and still, you know, working on? Well, the, the problem that happens in the final weeks of a session is things become crazy. Um, yeah. You have things that are introduced called uh, title-only bills where there isn't any language to them, and so they hold a public hearing. And I'm speaking in very general terms here. They hold a public hearing on something that's only got a title with no substance to uh, to the bill. So they say they have a public hearing, and then they'll introduce striking amendments where they actually drop the language, and there's never an opportunity to have a true public hearing on that, and they move it forward. And... This is something that we've seen from this Democrat majority uh, for the last number of years, and it, it's it's circumventing the uh, um, you know true open government. And yeah. what it really is is that they know their taxes are unpopular, uh, so they they try to do it in a manner that uh, minimizes public scrutiny, and that's just the wrong way to govern. And so when it came to the vaping side of it, we saw you know there it's one thing to have a public hearing, it's another thing to move it out of committee and onto the floor. And you know, there was a number of efforts that were done that uh, were not gaining traction, we're not moving. And then at the very end here, we saw this suddenly come to life on the you know, the tax after much outcry had occurred. And um, again, I just think it flies in the face of what was uh, said in the public. Yeah. Well, yeah, it does seem that there's like a very big lack of transparency there. Um, cause I think when I saw the public hearing, yeah, I think it was on the 65% wholesale and this is a whole different one. Um, especially cause it seems like there's really no parity among the different vaping product devices versus a pod system or an open mod system. Right. Yeah. No, it took a pretty heavy handed approach across the board with everything. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and, um, so I broke, I, I, I've been 
I've been in cahoots with a few of your, well, not cahoots exactly, but I've been talking to some of your colleagues when I send them information from the Heartland Institute. And I actually had the chance to break down the FDA compliance data, um, which is pretty much FDA sends secret shoppers of minors into tobacco selling retailers and to see what, you know, who can get away with buying a tobacco product. You no, know, it's similar to what the counties do for bars and everything. So between January 1st, 2018 and February 1st, 2019, FDA performed 6,735 compliance checks in Washington. Um, and this includes cigarettes, cigars, and e-cigarettes and vaping devices. Um, of those, 743 retailers are in violation, um, which is about 11%, which is on par with what the national average um, tends to be. But of these violations, what's interesting is that combustible cigarette products seem to have there's greater access because 286 of those violations were sales of uh, cigarettes to minors 256 of them involved sales of cigars to minors and only 187 of them were um, e-cigarettes and e-liquids so what's your opinion on this you know i mean vaping especially this youth epidemic is getting a lot of you know traction and a lot of legislative um you know pushback and and bills being proposed to like combat that but you're seeing an uptick with kids smoking which has always been like decreasing what's your opinion on that yeah the uh i mean clearly the, the vaping is used primarily by those that are trying to uh, uh come off of uh traditional smoking um are, are you going to have some uh some minors that uh that utilize it and you know um, illegally, et cetera, sure. And I think you can find that example with any legal product that is out there. But um, th- I think that what you just read off there clearly shows that minors are not the issue here, and especially in light of the fact that we just raised the age to 21, whether you agree with that or not, that, that makes it now illegal for them to buy it, So that, uh, or, and much more difficult for a minor to buy it. So the uh, the, the argument that this tax needs to happen to uh make sure youth don't have it uh, just is very contradictory to the statistics you just read and the fact that the age was just raised to 21. Yeah. Looking to show off how much you care about freedom? Need a gift for someone? Head to the Heartland Institute store at store.heartland.org for t-shirts, posters, and books all advancing the freedoms you cherish. Grab a bumper sticker and show the world you believe in liberty. Find Heartland books such as Why Scientists Disagree About Global Warming, Power to the People, Nothing to Fear, and the Kid-Friendly Constitution. Grab a Heroes of Freedom t-shirt featuring Ayn Rand, Milton Friedman, Friedrich Hayek, and Martin Luther King Jr. Or get one of our always popular Don't Tread on Me shirts with Heartland's unique design. Those will be sure to start a conversation at your next barbecue or at the gym. Your destination for the freedom lovers in your life is the Heartland Store. Go to store.heartland.org and get shopping today. Yeah, okay. Now, now I, you don't have to answer this. And I always can get edited out. Um, like I said, I've done a lot of the... I've done a lot of the uh, research on this and I had come around so I'm, I'm in 2018 I do have an is- issue with lawmakers taxing people who have quit smoking especially when they use very little money of that they get from tobacco um, settlement payments and taxes right. and helping people smoke so your stats actually are um, for Washington State they um, in 2018 they received 563 million dollars in tobacco settlement payments and taxes but they only spent 1.4 million dollars and on like pre- you know prevention and cessation programs Um do you have any thoughts about that? Do you think that states... Right, because, yeah, the the, the reason that, that, that those numbers are that way is because that it's not a, it's not a huge priority. They give it a lot of lip service, and I think for some legislators it is a huge priority, but 
by and large across the board it's not it's um it's it's a bigger priority for all their other government programs that they want to run yeah uh that and that's why they utilize the money there if they were and and so they're very intellectually dishonest with people and have a lack of consistency in, in the arguments that they make when they, they do almost the exact opposite of what they're uh, purporting to do. Do you think that vaping taxes are being introduced to try to capture some of the lost tax revenue that they're going to receive, that the states will receive because people move from combustible cigarettes to vaping devices? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I, I think in light of the sponsorship of this bill, I would say that it, it, I think it has more to do with um, a, a philosophical belief about vaping by the sponsors of the bill than it does trying to shuffle the cards in a different way. Okay. Th- that's my gut reaction. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's that. I think that's a uh, very true. Um, I'm I I'm, I I always have to kind of remind legislators that you know big tobacco didn't really get involved with vaping until 2012, and they kind of were forced to. I, first, e-cigarette came to the market, and he's and. 2007, big battle with the FDA, court battle, but it was blue, but it wasn't until 2012 that Lorillard bought blue, but it, they, the, the big tobacco kind of had to refigure themselves because they didn't realize that vaping was actually going to be a big hit and actually help people move from combustible cigarettes. Right. Yeah, that is correct. Now, yeah, and, and, and you know, that's the statement out there that uh, big tobacco was the one advocating for this. I never once got a comment from uh, big tobacco from to that effect yeah yeah no they, i mean they're having a they, i mean Al, i mean altria's just had their icos approved yesterday it's been an interesting year i think um in 2019 with with vaping especially because the, the youth usage does need to be addressed um i just don't think that i personally i don't believe taxing is the correct way to you know put it you know to address that now it goes into my next question what would okay? You're a lawmaker. What would you think that would be, um, you know, sensible regulations to curb, you know, youth use of these products? Well, the um, again, the, the age having been raised at 21 makes it uh, uh, less likely for uh, for minors to be able to get the product. Although interestingly, that bill doesn't actually prohibit possession; it just prohibits the sale of. Yeah, so, and- you know they're. <laughs> well, they actually did. They and, ch- and then you also have the the tribal properties that are able to still sell at age eighteen. So, uh, but but it it does regardless of all that, it does probably make it uh, more difficult for uh, for minors to uh, have access. And and I think that factor, the uh, you know that that there is less minor usage, I think is a good thing. Um, I think we could have accomplished that though again without having the uh, the bill, but. Um, you know the the, the tax method employed here, um, ironically, would even the, the case is the same regardless of somebody's age. If if you're making it more cost prohibitive on the vaping side, and where do you go then? They're going to go to the traditional smoking. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, the, uh, the backup, though, and the T twenty one bill. When I I I kind of looked into it, and so from what I understand. There was a um, penalty for minors that under under 18 getting caught with tobacco product. I think it was like a $50 civil penalty. From what I read on that tobacco 21 bill that like 18 to 20-year-olds would not be if they got caught with that. Or is that how they changed it then with the possession that they are? Yeah, because it was like $50 if you're in possession of it. And I think $500 if you got caught trying to like buy a tobacco product being a minor. So they got rid of the, they get rid of all the penalties if you get caught with the tobacco product. 
Um, yeah, I'd have to go back and read it myself. Okay. Uh, just because of the amount of legislation we ended up doing here the last week, I don't off the top of my head recall exactly how that uh, uh, parlayed the uh, the new law. I'm not. I'd have to go back and read it myself. Okay. No. Well. No. No. That's fine. I'm mean, question because I've been, you know, working with lawmakers and looking at all fifty states and you know trying to, you know, fix the e-cigarette use among youth. What is your opinion on penalties, like penalizing minors for being caught like this? I know. I mean, you're seeing from schools that there's this big issue with kids vaping in the classroom and everything. Um, but like when you look at schools too, they have a zero tolerance policy for alcohol or marijuana or things of that nature. Um, do you think that that could act as a deterrent or do you think that that would, you know, put too much stuff into the court systems that it actually wouldn't even really be cost effective? Yeah, well, I think, you know, uh, to my knowledge, I, I believe that uh, school, all school districts um, are a tobacco-free zone, so they have that to begin with um, at that level. Um, you know, if, if you're going to have a law, you have to have, um, re- regardless of what, what it is, in order for it to be um, enforceable and subsequently be followed by the public, you have to have uh, some mechanism that, you know, that, that, uh, that, that makes it, uh, undesirable to break the law. Right. I mean, otherwise what's the point of doing it? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, what, what should that be? Um, I, I think, you know, for, uh, for a minor in possession, um, I, again, I think it's something that, uh, they're going to, they're going to have to look at, uh, a little bit deeper. What do I think it should be? Um, I can't really, I haven't put a lot of thought into that. Um, uh, you know, hopefully that, uh, you know, we would, I, I would take the approach that let's do let's do better education of minors so that they don't even have the temptation or have much yeah. less temptation to try it. Yep. And why don't we go that route? And that that to me would have far more impact than deciding what the punishment should be. No, I think it's perfect. Yes. Um, now, um, any advice for our listeners? What's going on with um, House Bill eighteen seventy seventy three? Is there any way to try to make sure that this isn't as great of an impact as it's going to have on vape shops? Well, it, it has passed the legislature. It's now to the governor. And at this point, the only thing that can stop it would be a veto by the governor. And so I would encourage uh, listeners to uh, to contact the governor's office via phone, email, and traditional letters, although that might take a little longer. So phone and uh, email would be um, would be the best way to do it and just bombard his office with uh, um uh, the, the suggestion of vetoing the bill. I, I'm not, kind of, I don't hold a lot of faith that he would veto it. I, I don't think so. I think he's intending to, uh, to sign it into law. And so with that in mind, then what we need to do going forward is look at how we can fix it in future legislation, which it's going to be difficult to do, but um, that's why it's also important to vote and be active uh, so that uh, you have the right people representing you. Okay. Um, so yeah. um, where can our listeners find more um, information about yourself and what's going on in Washington? Yeah, so a great website for the legislature in general is uh, gov, And through that, you can connect through to any uh, House member, including myself, and any Senate member. So that is a, um, a great tool. And then uh, you can also directly to me. Um, the easiest website is drewmackinwen.com, D-R-E-W-M-A-C-E-W-E-N.com. And uh, I'll be happy to, uh, to connect with anybody that would like to. 
Awesome. Well, um, thank you again for joining me today. Um, Representative, I know you guys are really busy. It's getting to the end of the, leg uh, the legislative session. So I'm um, glad that you can provide some advice to our listeners and everything. Um, to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Voices of Vapors for more podcasts, including more of these. Please visit heartland.org or search for the Heartland Daily Podcast in iTunes. For more information on e-cigarettes and tobacco harm reduction, please visit, visit our alcohol and tobacco page at heartland.org.